Hello everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. Today we have on the show a very dear friend of mine, Kathleen Evans. I met Kathleen, oh my goodness, it's probably been, oh, it's like 10 years ago um, in Costa Rica. Uh, we met um, briefly after, after I moved there and uh, I don't recall now who, who was living there first, but um, she is a dear friend of mine. She's working towards her citizenship there, so her path has been a little bit different than mine. Um, but I'm so excited to, to have her on the show today, and so you can listen to her about her journey, her experience, and what she's doing next. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for, for joining us. Today we have Kathleen Evans joining us. And uh, she is a friend of mine that I met when I was living in Costa Rica. So thank you, Kathleen, for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Sally. Um, I, I think it's so cool that you're launching this whole global citizen thing because there's just not enough good guides out there. Um, with real life stories. So um, this is, is very exciting to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And so obviously, as I said, we we met in Costa Rica. So yes. you are living in Costa Rica. So why don't you give the listeners yes. a little bit of a, a history background as to um, where you came from, how you got to Costa Rica, yes. what you're doing now and and those types of things. Yeah, so um, I've always been a traveler. My mom kind of planted that seed early in life with my first passport. And um, ever since then, uh, I always wanted to live somewhere, somewhere exotic, somewhere different, embrace a new culture. And I had a couple of little tastes of that. Uh, I'm originally from Chicago and had a little taste overseas when I studied in England and uh, then at one point, I kind of had my midlife crisis early and traveled around the world and spent quite a bit of time in South Africa. And I knew, I knew it, at some point I was going to be living overseas somewhere. So, okay. um, so that was kind of where the seed was planted. And then um, there was this little magazine I found in the 1990s called International Living. And it was kind of, at that time, it was pre-internet. And it was kind of the only resource I knew of at the time where you could actually learn about people who really lived overseas. Now their target was more of a retirement kind of thing, but, um, that's kind of evolved into many different things now that uh, there's digital nomads and that sort of thing. But um, that was kind of the catalyst. And uh, I said, you know, if other people can do it, why can't I? Right. right. So um, my husband 
And I started researching places for many years, actually. Uh, we were still working. I was in the corporate grind. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would go on vacation and say, hey, could we live here? Maybe we could. Oh, oh, let's go look at real estate. Let's look at the cost of living. What's it like? So uh, we did that actually for many years. And then the corporate grind got a little too grindy. Too grind, <laughs> too, I don't want to say grinder because that has a whole different connotation. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, and I uh, actually started having some stress-related health issues. And mm -hmm. my husband said, listen, are we going to do this or are we going to wait till we're way too old and it becomes just too difficult and we may have mobility issues and health issues? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And the catalyst uh, was to sell our house. And at that time, there was a big, huge housing crash in 2008. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was no way we were selling our home. So mm -hmm. our plans were delayed, but it did give us a lot of time to look at places that were still on the radar. Mm -hmm. And we created a list, kind of a what do we want in this next phase of our life list, mm -hmm. right? So we wanted a country where we could see and hear the ocean every day. So obviously we wanted to be somewhere coastal. Mm -hmm. um, I never wanted to wear a coat again. <laughs> oh, come on, don't you miss that winter <laughs> in Chicago? <laughs> Doubling snow and, you know, your eyelashes freezing yeah. yeah yeah well you being canadian I oh think. i know and i don't miss it at all i do not miss winter i absolutely hate the cold so yeah yeah I yeah totally um, we're on understand. the same page <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of them so obviously we're narrowing down places mm -hmm. on we're starting mm -hmm. to get a little tropical here um we also wanted a stable democracy uh whatever stability is at this point is a question, but this was quite a few years ago we were researching right. um, and we wanted an educated population mm -hmm. and uh, no military was a bonus. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Narrowing down. Um, we wanted to be able to qualify for residency. Right. There are places that make it extremely difficult, as you know, mm -hmm. um, or very expensive. Or very expensive, but you, and we wanted a straightforward pathway mm -hmm. to be able to do it. So um, not too complicated, right. although, <laughs> although we're starting to learn pretty much everywhere is a little complicated. There's always some complications, but some, some places yeah. are definitely a lot more complicated than others. Right. So coming from the States, we were looking for a place where we would have access to good universal health care as well. Mm. That's something we didn't have. And most Americans that work in corporate America, once they leave, they don't have health insurance of any kind. Right. And so that gets they very to expensive to get health insurance, especially by the time they leave, getting closer to those retirement ages. Even if they leave early, the older you are, the more expensive it becomes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was actually quite important for us. 
Um, we also wanted to be able to have a clear title ownership of mm. property or a business as a foreigner. Mm -hmm. And again, there are some countries that you can't really do that. Right. Or you have to be in partnership with a local or however that would, would work. So um, we also wanted ease uh, for travel back and forth to the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we still have family there. I have an aging parent. There are reasons sometimes to get back quickly. Mm -hmm. So uh, we wanted to have that option. We were also looking for an overall lower cost of living than in the United States, which is pretty easy to do. <laughs> uh, things are quite expensive, although, you know, th this was long before the inflation we're seeing these days. Right. And, um, and you also have to compare apples to apples. Like when, when people say they want uh, that, I've, and I've heard people say, well, it's very inexpensive in the United States. And, and sure, I'm sure in some mm -hmm. areas, some states mm -hmm. in the middle of the, the countryside, it can be very expensive, but you can't compare that to living in a major city in another country. So it has to be comparable. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. So we were looking at something very overall. Okay, right. bottom mm -hmm. line, end of the year, we would like to spend at least 25% less for our lifestyle than we do in the US. Right. Which is kind of a very realistic number for a lot mm -hmm. of places. But it does kind of cut out some of these, you know, we're looking at tropical places and a lot of these Caribbean islands are fabulous, mm -hmm. but they're very expensive to live. Yes, yeah. the, because the just getting everything to the island, right? So right. housing is more expensive right. because they have to get all the stuff there to build the house. Food can become more expensive. Anything that's imported, anything that they can grow, mm -hmm. great, it's inexpensive, but import obviously then becomes a lot more. Right, right. So we also wanted to live in a place where there's entertainment, a lot of different restaurants, uh, live music, you know, access to the arts, maybe not you know, within 10 miles, but mm -hmm. someplace where you're not stuck on an island. There right. is, you know, you can get in your car and drive somewhere or, or a short hop on a flight. Mm -hmm. So we were looking for that. And one of the key factors that really kind of started narrowing things down within the hemisphere was the ability to drink water out of the tap safely. That's one yeah. that people don't yeah. really think about. Right. It's, it's, it's not something um, that, that people think about, but it, it is very important and mm -hmm. it, it makes a difference. And especially now with water becoming, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I mean, just water levels in lots mm -hmm. of places, it's mm -hmm. becoming more rare and it's, it is going to be a concern. I think that people need to start thinking about now where they want to live and, and how much fresh water is available. Exactly. Exactly. So once we traveled with this list of criteria, mm -hmm. it became pretty evident that Costa Rica was one of the places that ticked every box. Right. Um, I would say there's a number of others, but those mm -hmm. numbers are pretty small. Um, mm -hmm. We did. We considered Panama. We considered several Latin American places. But again, it brings you back to the stability mm -hmm. and the tap water issue. Right. So, so yeah, so Costa Rica became the place and we researched it for many, many years, partly because we couldn't sell our house. <laughs> so you had um, the time. We had the time, but we 
I, I see a lot of people fail when they decide to move somewhere overseas mm -hmm. uh, because they don't do their, their due diligence. Right. And that's extremely important. It's, it is due diligence is important, but also, um, I've, I've been talking with, with many people and obviously mm -hmm. interviewing more people and stuff mm -hmm. on the podcast now, and people don't go through a list of what they want, what's important to them. Like they mm -hmm. think, Oh, I'll go to Costa Rica because it's tropical and beautiful right. and it has beautiful beaches and it's great. And yes, it is, but it's, it's also one thing to go somewhere on vacation and enjoy vacation for even a month, a month anywhere is fabulous, but to right. live is completely different. And mm -hmm. I've seen many times um, people said, you know, I've seen posts, oh, we're selling everything. We moved to, to Spain. I saw one recently moved to Spain. We've been here a year. Yeah. It's not our thing. We're selling everything and moving back to the United States. And I just think like, that's so much like, and I can understand if maybe there was a health problem or a family thing, like sometimes things do happen, but yeah. did you do your research? Did you check it out? Did you spend time before going? I mean, that there's so many things. Did you think about what you really want and your list was great because there was very specific things in there that were important that nobody that I've talked to or at least have interviewed had mentioned a number of those things that that you have mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And so yes. with with me when I'm working with people, I have a number of things. Like I can ask them 10 questions just off the top of my head and right away they're like, "Oh, never oh, really thought of that." that. And it's like, those, and those are just the, the, the basic basics. Like that's not even getting into like true details about the lifestyle, how you're going to live, how you're going to, um, what you're going to do for work. Or do you have investment or like mm -hmm. getting down in, into the, the true details of, of things that are super important. I mean, it's not like you're on vacation for a month. It's, it's life. It's everything. Right. Right. I get that. But I still, all these years later. Oh, uh, how's life on the island? And are <laughs> you enjoying that, that, that umbrella drink on the beach? Okay, one, Costa Rica, just a quick geography lesson. I, I would think that your audience knows this already. Uh, I, I hope Costa so, Rica, but... Mm -hmm. Costa Rica is not an island. Well, actually, if we think about it, the Americas is one large island. One, yes. So if so you include like Canada, the US, <laughs> Central America, all the way down, it's one massive island. But you're right. Right, right, right. Costa Rica there, is not an island. And I got that so much too. How's island time? I'm like, North America? I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, America's yeah. island time? Like Costa Rica's not an island. Right, right. Yeah. And I am not spending my days with an umbrella, umbrella drink on the beach. Oh, really? You're not I, there occasionally doing that? Occasionally, I do find time for that. But yeah, it's, but it's life. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that. I think that's really important for potential expats. Mm -hmm. That if you're trying to escape something and you're running away from something, but not to something your, your risk of failure is going to be higher. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's because you're running away from a problem that you may just bring that problem actually with you. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you need to really assess why you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, it's not just like laying on a beach and, and having umbrella drinks. I mean, maybe if somebody's retired, but that mm -hmm. gets old really fast too. Um, some studies have shown that retired people who don't have hobbies 
tend mm-hmm. to not live as long as those who are active and have hobbies and things to do. So it's not like in theory, oh, I'm going to go move here and it's going to be fabulous right. and I'm I'm just going to enjoy life and do nothing. You'll get bored really fast. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Like I know. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to have hobbies. You have to have things to do. Now, if you're financially stable where you don't have to work, that's great. That's fantastic. But then what are you going to do all day? Because if you're just going to sit around and watch TV, you can do that anywhere. If you're bored where you're at and you want to move, but all you do is watch TV, like you're right. It's if you're escaping something, you have to think about what that is. Like, what do you want? What are you looking to gain? What do you want to do? One of the things I I do like about Costa Rica is that there are a lot of expat communities. Mm -hmm. So there's some fairly easy assimilation, um, especially if you do want to be around English and Spanish speakers, uh, that's pretty easy to find. And there, there's just, there's a lot to do. You know, I, I, my husband hates because he's retired and he hates when people are like, well, gosh, what do you do all day? But there are, (laughs) there are so many things to do all day if you want to. And it's not just sitting at a beach bar, getting drunk. Uh, There's so many outdoor activities from horseback riding to surfing to golfing, uh, and if you if you want to learn a new skill, you can take Spanish classes, which is you know great work for the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can take art classes. You can learn to paint, pottery. I mean, there's just so many dance lessons. You know, physical kind of things. There's just there's endless possibilities if you put yourself out there and you want to join different groups and and get involved. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that is, uh, Costa Rica is definitely great for that outdoor lifestyle. Um, the same with, um, Mm -hmm. Spain, um, Mm -hmm. I've been living in, in Spain for several years and the expat community in Barcelona is extensive, is is an understatement, the number of things to do in that city and in Spain in general. I mean, there's, there's Mm -hmm. meetup.com, there's Facebook groups, there's uh, a thing called internations, Um, there's so many things like there's so much that goes on that I don't understand how a person could ever be bored or get bored. Like it just, it's not possible. There's just way too much to do. My problem was when I first got there, I was doing too much. And I remember (laughs) saying to a friend of mine one time, I was like, if I put as much time into my work as I did my social life, like I would be way better off, but (laughs) But it, it, you know, it was all new and it was great and there was so much to do. And so that's, that's important if it's for somebody who's outgoing, sure. if, you know, now I, I spend, I'm spending quite a bit of time in Montenegro and it's a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. There aren't the meetup groups. There aren't um, a lot of expats that there's some, um, and there's some groups, but it's not as regular. There's not as much to do. There's a lot of outdoor activities. So I have found it is a little bit harder to, um, connect with some people, um, and, and make friends here compared to in Barcelona, but I've been traveling quite a bit too. So it's in part my fault because I'm, I'm gone a lot and traveling quite a bit as well. So that is, is definitely some things that, um, people need to, to take into consideration Mm -hmm. as well. So for you, what have, what's been, um, 
let's let's talk about your residency process and and how how that went for you what have been um some of the challenges was there probably not but I'll say was there anything that was easier than than you than you thought of um but uh yeah tell us how how your residency process has been going and and your plan on um, getting citizenship and and how that's working for you. Yes, absolutely. So I feel like Costa Rica actually makes it uh, fairly easy to become a resident if you want to. There's a pathway. Uh, There's three main pathways. Uh, One is a, a pensioner, pensionado, and that's basically I've come to Costa Rica with a pension. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it could be social security, it could be, you know, a, a work pension, a government pension, whatever, where you prove you've got income for the rest of your life, right? So mm-hmm. you can do it that way. And it's just a minimum of $1,000 a month. So it's super easy to qualify and you can go from there. So just uh, so sorry to, to interrupt a little bit because that's, it's not a high amount. Do you th- mm-hmm. think a thousand dollars a month is enough for a single person or a couple to live in Costa Rica? I do not think so. I think that figure, especially today is too low, is mm-hmm. too low. It should be double that. Okay. I, I think, you know, you could, could you live on a thousand? Actually, probably not almost anywhere in Costa Rica now. Um, if you bumped it up to 1500 mm, yeah, you're going to give up a lot of luxuries, but you could do it. Mm-hmm. I'd say a lot more comfort zone in the 2000 to 2500 And that's lower end. Mm-hmm. That's lower end, but definitely you could live on that. Right. So, Good. Just, just to be clear, because some people have the assumption, which is an understandable assumption that, well, if I can move there and this is all the income that I have to prove, then it must be manageable for, for me to live if that's all I have to prove, because why would right. they give me residency if I don't have enough money to make a live to, to live off of? So yeah, it's one of those government conundrums because yeah. the next category is the rentista. Now this one, you don't really qualify because you don't have a pension, but you don't have enough money or you don't want to invest. So you can take 60,000 US dollars and put it in a Costa Rican bank Mm -hmm. to prove that you have money to live for two years of your first temporary residency. But that's basically the math is withdrawing $2,500 a month. So there's a huge disparity there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The rentista basically says you need $2,500 to live each month. <laughs> That's it, it is interesting. And maybe, maybe with the thousand that they're assuming mm-hmm. that a retired person's going to buy a house, so they won't have any rent. Um, right. Buying maybe, maybe there, there's an assumption that there, there's going to be purchases, but there's, there's no need, like it, there, there's not a proof or a have to buy. So right. it's, it's very interesting. And that's, you know, like, that's not just a little bit of a difference. That's, that's a big difference between a thousand and 2,500. Yep. yep. Significant. So the, so those are the first two pathways. The other one is the investor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this one, you can invest in anything in the country. Uh, typically it's your home or your vacation home, but it, it you could invest in a business, 
um, some sort of government funded thing where <laughs> if that's what you want to invest <laughs> in, good luck. But yeah, so um, they just lowered that amount. I think, I believe it was 200,000 and now it's 150,000. So okay. So uh, that was the route that we took because we didn't have any sort of pension at that time. So uh, we did, we bought our condo and uh, met the limit. And then we were able to apply for residency. Uh, we did hire a Costa Rican attorney mm -hmm. and she, uh, she was excellent. I, I don't recommend doing it on your own, especially if, uh, if you don't speak Spanish or you right. don't know the system, right? Mm -hmm. So she was fabulous. She gave us a checklist immediately and said, here's everything you're going to need from your home country. Okay. Right? And here's the process to do that and get the apostille. Um, I know Canada doesn't do those, but most people, if they're global citizens, are familiar with that process mm -hmm. where you have to. In the United States, it goes to the Secretary of State. And it's basically just another stamp. They love those stamps. Says, they love those stamps. <laughs> it's like an international notary, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. So uh, we had the checklist. We went mm -hmm. back to the States because it was easier to do it rather than mailing back mm -hmm. and forth all these documents we had to have all the typical things birth certificates uh marriage certificate uh, state criminal background mm -hmm. as well as uh an fbi background check okay. so um then we returned with all that uh, the fees were at that time about twenty five hundred dollars okay and uh, start to finish, this is from the filing to when we actually had approval was about 13 months, 13, oh. 14 months. Okay. Um, I've heard of quicker, mm -hmm. but right now it's definitely longer. It seems everything everywhere right now is longer. Um, yeah. It's interesting. They use the excuse of COVID, but I thought, well, if people are mm -hmm. still working from home, during COVID, things should have still been getting done and people weren't applying. So the process actually should have been faster because they should have been caught up. Right? Frust frustrating. Frustrating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. in Costa Rica, if, if you haven't had a child in Costa Rica or mm -hmm. married a local Tico, mm -hmm. um, you have two years initially of temporary residency. Okay. Then you reapply. Um, it's a much easier process to mm -hmm. reapply. And uh, then at that point, you're valid for another three years. But in the first year of that new mm -hmm. application, you can apply for permanent residency. Okay. So we chose to go that pathway. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't make a big difference, except once you have permanent residency, it's much more difficult to deport you if okay. for some reason you ended up in a little bit of trouble mm -hmm. and um, you can legally work. Okay. Right. So that's mm -hmm. that for some people, that's a big one, especially if you don't have a work visa, which is right. difficult to get. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would be yeah. very difficult to get. Yeah. 
So, so that was our process. Um, looking back, <laughs> I hear these <laughs> horror stories of people going through it. And I'm like, oh my God, how did we do that? Because <laughs> it, it, it's frustrating. I mean, it's not, oh, we yes. just apply and sit back and wait. No, you have to, you have to go for an interview. Um, you have to be fingerprinted. And at that time, so we live in a, a small coastal town called Tamarindo, which is close to the provincial capital of Liberia. But at that time, they didn't have all the same government offices that they do now. So we had to make the trek to the capital in San Jose, which is a good four, four and a half mm -hmm. hour drive, depending on where you're going. Mm -hmm. And depending on when you can get the appointment, it involves spending a night. Right. So um, it, it's much easier now in, in that way, for, for, especially for the people who live up in the north. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and also, um, I'm sure that it's not like it's you're getting it all done in one day. You're not having your interview and your fingerprints. No, oh, no. And oh, no. So no, no, it's, no, it's no, not no, just one trip. <laughs> a, little back, a little back and forth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's manageable. And it's interesting. It's, mm -hmm. I think, what a lot of people going through the process is, is we always think it's like when I was in Costa Rica, people are like, oh, Costa Rica is the worst. And then when I was in Spain, I'm, I'm like, oh, Spain is the worst. And then it's, yeah, everywhere is quote the worst, but what it is, it's dealing with any government mm -hmm. makes you have patience. You have to have patience. Yeah. You have to just wait. Um, I, I one time I was told with one of my residencies, oh yeah, you'll have it in about two months. And I think it was 10 mm -hmm. months later, I, I finally, I was like, this is a long two months. Right. Um, and right. I couldn't leave the country because I was in the process to get residency. So I, I, and I had planned to leave because I go back to Canada every mm -hmm. year to, to mm -hmm. visit family and friends and things like that. And I was like, I can't, um, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't leave the country. Like, oh, I could have, but then there had been you're over your time. And I could have been, well, I'm in the system for I'm applying right. and it just, and then, and then it came down to when I talked to my lawyer, she said, well, you can try, but it's, it's up to, you can, you can go to the police station and get a letter. And it's, it's up to the, the officer that you talk to, if he wants to give mm -hmm. you one or not. Right. <laughs> like there's, there's right. no right. law that states. It's what? just like, so if he's what? having a bad day, he's just going to be like, no, too bad. It's <laughs> like, yeah. It's interesting because, oh you know, I, I follow a lot of expat groups and talk to quite a few people also. And it, it is, you're right. It's the same. It's an, and I've talked to people in, in Mexico, which is actually a very easy and straightforward process. And they're like, oh my God, the Mexican government. Ah, ah. Yeah. yeah. So um, in part two of your question about mm -hmm. citizenship. Um, I truly believe a second passport is essential if you're a global citizen. It's essential for everyone, <laughs> even somebody who's not a global citizen. I think it's essential for every human being to get a second citizenship. Yeah, well, uh, and uh, unfortunately, that I don't qualify by ancestry uh, in either channel, on mm. either parental side. So... So we revert back to Costa Rica and mm -hmm. uh, I've been there quite a while now. So if, again, if you don't have a child or married a local and you're not Latino or Latina, you have to wait seven years mm -hmm. of your residency. It starts with the temporary. So seven years, you can apply for naturalization for citizenship. 
um, come to find out, I reached out to my attorney. I'm like, Hey, I'm over my seven year mark. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to study for the exam? Which um, is challenging because it is in Spanish. If you're not a native Spanish speaker, it's a little tricky. I've seen some of the questions. Okay. (laughs) And you have to know geography very well. You have to know social studies. You have to know history. Um, it's it's pretty challenging, and a lot of the gringos do not pass on the first try. Okay, I mean, about fifty percent. So, wow. Okay, so it's not so just it's, a walk in the park, answer a few questions. You're right. I'm done. Right. So I reached out, and she said, "Okay, here's the deal. You have to be not seven years, but seven years worth of days spent in the country." That's a completely different. Right. So 365 days times times seven. seven, Right. And we're global citizens. We return to the United States, but we also spend a lot of time traveling. That's, you know, something I love. You know, Mm -hmm. we just spent three months in Europe Mm -hmm. uh, this year. So, okay, there goes three months and another three month chunk and another three month chunk. So we're looking at possibly a full 10 years. Wow. Before I'll qualify. Right. So I didn't realize that little. And that, that little caveat is a big deal. That is a a huge, it's a big deal because lots of times when you search anywhere, residency, Mm -hmm. anywhere in the world by naturalization, they generally say seven to 10 years. If, if you've been a resident for, let's just say seven years, you'll get it, but none of them actually specify if it is just having residency for seven years or as they have in Costa Rica, being in Costa Rica for the uh-huh. equivalent of seven full-time years. Right. Right. So, so I continue to wait because this is my best second passport right. option. And you've put years point. in already. You're, you're, right. you're years in already. Yeah. You got lots besides, of time to study for that test now. Right. Besides buying one and, you right. know, they're, as, as you've researched and talked to experts, there's, you know, the cheapest one is what, 150,000? You're looking maybe? at at least 150,000 minimum. Yeah. And, and that usually is just for one person, doesn't include spouse or um, right. dependents or anything. So yeah, you're any, a minimum 150, most, most are closer to the, the half a million to million dollar mark. Million, right. I researched mm-hmm. Malta and their passports are about a million. Yeah, but the and, and then you, and then you have to buy property too. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not it's you know if if you're you're a multimillionaire, then I guess you really mm-hmm. have no no concerns and no issues. You can just buy right. yourself a citizenship. But for the vast majority of the world, mm-hmm. if we don't have it through ancestry, then we have to find a place that we're going to love, we're going to enjoy, we are going to want to live there and put in the right. time. Right. And and the great thing is, I love Costa Rica. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great place to have residency and to call home for part of the year. Right. Um, as I said, you know, we're global citizens and we spend time in the U S still, we mm-hmm. own property here still, um, and some rental property, which allows us to have this lifestyle. Right. And uh, after, uh, lockdowns, we realized that the town is a little bit small for us. You know, I, mm-hmm. I come from a big city And uh, we'd like to spend some time around 
more history in the arts and things like that. So we're also looking at options in Europe, uh, including Malta, which has been kind of on the top of our list, as you know. Yes. And um, it, you're going to see what that looks like, too. And if you do it right, you can have residences in several countries. Absolutely. When you're not there, rent them out. Mm-hmm. So they're actually income producing places mm-hmm. and you can continue to live this rock star lifestyle without being a rock star at all, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, and it is, and people it's, it's interesting that it's, it, it can be done. It's not always simple. It's easy, but it's not simple in the right. fact that right. it's easy to do these things, but you have to have the knowledge, you have mm-hmm. to have the patience, you have to have the time and you have to have a plan. Because as, as we were saying at the very beginning, too many people just say, oh, I'm just going to go, too many people do what I do. And I don't <laughs> recommend people to do things that I do because I'm, I'm a little bit crazy. I do things not. I not know, I know that. <laughs> um, I just decide to move and I just up and go and, and yeah. that's just it. Or I just, I go someplace and, and three days for some reason, the three day mark. <laughs> When I, I was researching Costa Rica and on day three of being there for the very first time, I bought property. Um, when I was in Spain, I was in Barcelona with a friend. Uh, I was there for a week for my birthday and I'd been traveling around lots before that. Mm-hmm. And in, in three days, I was like, yeah, Barcelona, it's, this is going to be my next home base for a while. And I ended up um, getting residency and, and mm-hmm. living there for many years. And then I was like, hmm, um, I, I need, I need a, a place. So I had sold my place in Canada and I'm like, I need to invest somewhere. And, yeah. um, you know, within a very short period of time, I bought property in another country, um, mm-hmm. as well. And so I, I don't recommend people to do things the way that I do them, but it's different though, too, because now it's just me, right? I'm, right. I'm single and it's just me. So for me, part of my brain is, um, if I don't like it, I can just leave. I don't have to worry about another person. I don't have to worry about another person's job. I don't have to worry about are they okay with it or not? Because it is just me. So it makes right. it easier for me that if I don't like where I'm at um, and, and I don't spend a lot of time in one place because I do travel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, so it's easier, but, but if somebody really wants to settle and I'm, I'm kind of at that point too, where I'm like, okay, this I'm, I'm traveling so much. Like I really should kind of have a bit more for roots for somewhere and good friends and, and things like that. So right. there's, 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 I do get pulled in, in different directions, but it's, it's important to know what a person wants. Like I love Montenegro. It's great, but it's not full-time. I won't ever right. live in Montenegro full-time. It's too small. There's not enough going on, mm-hmm. but I love it mm-hmm. when I come here and I'm here for a few weeks, maybe a month and I enjoy it. And then in about a month's time, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for something a little bit more um, more action, more yes. going on, but then, and I'm always, I'm busy, travel, 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 so much going on. And when I come back, yeah. I'm like, Oh, yeah. it's nice to just chill, be here, my space, my stuff, my whatever. And so it's, it's important for people to know themselves and, and who they are. And especially if they have a spouse or a partner or children, that's a whole other. And I, I did that with my, my daughter, as, as you know, moving to Costa Rica. So Things are different for different people and you need to take those things into consideration. Right, right. And things change with age too. Yes. You know, yeah, that uh, that uptown party life is great, but the, you know, all of a sudden you're staring down 50 and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I can just, I can just hang out and relax and read a book and be okay, you know? So mm-hmm. it, uh, it, 
it, it changes. And, you know, as humans, we can change and evolve too. And I, mm-hmm. I, I love the idea as a global citizen to truly be global. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine years ago uh, planted the seed of five flags, five okay. flags. Yep. And I was like, what, are, what is this five flags? And she said, diversify your life and have something under five different flags, whether Mm -hmm. it's owning property, whether it's a second or a third passport, whether it's a bank account or an investment in something, Mm -hmm. but cover yourself with five flags. If one government goes awry or, you know, the currency becomes worthless, you're still afloat because you've got Mm -hmm. four other flags or three other flags. And that really hit home with me. And uh, I'm I'm working on some more flags. It's, it's, it's good. I think the the more flags, the better. And and as you brought up the one with, with bank accounts, I think Mm -hmm. the absolute first step or least thing that a person should do is open up another bank account in another country. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a number of reasons, if, I mean, recently, well, I say recently, but it's been several months now in Canada, there was protests going on with truckers Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and the government decided to freeze their bank accounts. And, and even people that donated, Mm -hmm. the government froze some of their bank accounts. What would you do if all of a sudden for protesting, which you were legally have the right to protest. It's part of democracy. Like you have the right Mm -hmm. to protest to all of a sudden the government saying, oh, well, now we're freezing your bank account. How do you pay your bills? How do you pay your mortgage? Like now you're asking your friends and family to borrow money to then get a lawyer to wait for it to be unfrozen or however long it's going to last. And that's that's one aspect. What about um, the other of identity theft? It happens. I mean, identity theft and all of a sudden all, all your, yeah. or they, they get your bank card and all your money's gone and you have to wait right. for the process to get it all back or to prove that it wasn't you and, and hackers now, like there's yeah. hackers that can hack the entire bank. So not even just an individual, but an entire bank. And so if you have everything in that one, it's, mm-hmm. it's high, it really is high risk where even if you Absolutely. have another bank account with a few thousand dollars in it. Right. I mean, the more the Start better, of course, but just, just have it. And every bank gives a bank card. So you can always, so if something happens, at least you have that backup bank card that you can use. You can pay your bills. You can buy some groceries. You can get a lawyer if you need a lawyer, if it's like identity theft or something. And then you're right. not, you know, asking friends and family members and who knows if they're able to help if whatever their financial situation is. So it is one, I, I always say it's like, the very first thing, mm-hmm. the most important mm-hmm. is to have another bank account in another country. Right. And, and, and some countries make it extremely difficult to open a bank mm-hmm. account, but mm-hmm. you can do these online bank accounts that are based in you know, Lithuania or right. something like that. Mm-hmm. So there are options out there. Yeah. 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 So very, very, very important. Um, so, I mean, I can talk to you forever obviously, <laughs> right. and we could, we could talk about so many things, but. Right. Um, so your, your audience doesn't know this, but Sally and I, and another partner drove across <laughs> India in an auto rickshaw in a challenge, a, a fundraising challenge in 10 days. And we won out of 13, was it 13 international I think it was 13. teams? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. We were lucky so. number seven, cart lucky. number 007. 007, yeah. 
Yes. So, so our listeners, you are listening to two out of three um, of our team that are actual world champions. It's yeah, not, uh, right. not many people that, uh, that know that about me. I don't go around and be like, Hey, I'm a world champion. Cause I never thought I ever would be, but um, just part of some of the fun adventures that we do. I mean, there's yeah. a bit of a, of a saying I have, I mean, obviously for this, it's um, live your best life. And I think everybody should really live their best life. And, and another one that I, that I go by is you will die, but not everyone will live. And, right. and it's true. Like every single one of us will die. It, mm-hmm. We just don't know when, but not every single one of us actually live. Yeah. And, and spot on having, um, to me, having a global citizen lifestyle, or at least the option, it doesn't mean people have to do it right now. I mean, I get if you have children, they're in school and things like that, but you can start planning. You can start by opening a bank account. You can do their, their summer vacations to check out different countries, different destinations to seeing what you might like. But, um, you know, every, everybody will die, but not everyone will live. So right. I, I think it's, we, it's really important that we live. So as a last question, Kathleen, what piece of advice would you give somebody about becoming a global citizen? <laughs> Let's see. Well, uh, obviously do your research mm-hmm. first off, right. And start, just start the process now. Little things, as you mentioned, Um, You know, if there is a country that really feels good, but you're not sure, if you can work from anywhere, and a lot of people can now, look into uh, the possibility of a digital nomad visa. Um, Costa Rica has just launched theirs, and Mm -hmm. it's very, it's actually a very simple process to apply for it. All you have to do is prove that you make money. Um, It's $36,000 a year. And uh, a little bit more if you if you're bringing a family with you, but Mm -hmm. it's good for a year, you can reapply if you love it. Uh, They'll allow you to bring anything you need for your job tax-free. You can open a bank account with no issue. Your driver's license remains valid for the full year. You don't have to leave the country. And it's a great way to put your toe in the water Mm -hmm. and see if this is right for you. And, uh, you know, it it doesn't have to be um, an income per se if you have uh, any kind of annuity or uh, social security that would qualify too. So, you know, you can look into something like that, test the waters, see if it feels right. And, and then you can't go back to plan A if plan B doesn't work. You know, there's all kinds of options. Right. So just do your research. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kathleen, for joining us today. Of course, it's always wonderful to to talk with you and help. Thank you for sharing all the information with our listeners. Yeah, that was super fun. Thanks for having me.